For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. If you weren't subscribed today, you probably missed everything with the Brian Flores fallout. We had a two-hour streaming show. We had Don O'Daly. We do a ton of stuff over there, including before floor, an hour before every heat game, and post up 5R as soon as the heat game ends. Also, 5ReasonSports.com, the latest stories from Louis Sung, Brady Hawk, and others from our network. We do not have a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Includes our friends over at Intense Nutrition. We just came out of the holidays. You need to lose 10 to 15 pounds. This is where you want to go. They can help you do it in 10 days with the intense cleanse and detox. Check them out at 2540 North University Drive. That's 2540 North University Drive in Coral Springs. The phone number is 954-775-0257. This is where you go if you're tired of the three-letter chain that doesn't eh, work with you directly. They just try to sell you whatever corporate tries to get you to get. No. They will tell you exactly what you need for your body. So whether it's the, uh, the specific stacks or whether you're a budding athlete, you want to fight cold, cold and flu season, you need the pre and post work, post-stat workout regimen stuff. They've got it there. Superior quality, superior service. And here's the thing. If you mention five reasons, you get 20, 20% off everything in the store, but protein. That's mentioned five reasons, 20% off everything in the store, but protein, intense nutrition, 954 775 Zero two five seven. My voice will get better. I've been talking a lot of Brian Flores today. We get to talk about something happy now. And now today's episode. All right, Ethan like back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Alex Salito. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And I've got Brady Hawk, whose appearances are sponsored here by the law office of Eric Matthew Rubenstein, who specializes in personal injury law. Reach out to Eric at 954-829-ERIC. That's 954-829-ERIC. For Eric, if you have any kind of a personal injury law issue or question, they can help you with car accidents, slip and falls, and medical malpractice. Big Miami sports fan. He's down here at all the heat games. And he's from St. Thomas University. So he's from right here in South Florida. So reach out to Eric at 954-829-ERIC. And what we're going to talk about today is P.J. Tucker, just P.J. Tucker. Um, There's an article on our site that I mentioned earlier from Brady Hawk, which kind of gets into everything he's been asked to do this year 
a lot of which he was never asked to do before and why he's been so central to them. And one of the reasons I want to do this episode is because obviously there's a lot of respect for what Omer Yurtsevin has accomplished uh, with Deadman out, with Bam out. And so, of course, everybody gets ahead of themselves. And now there's a push. Well, Omer should be playing with Bam and Bam should come back as a power forward. And that's the best way to work out the rotation. But if you've been following this Heat team closely, you would not think about cutting P.J. Tucker's minutes unless you're resting him for his 35-minute-a-game role in the playoffs because he's been terrific. In my view, he's been more important than Jay Crowder was to them. And I'm not disparaging Jay, but we talked up Jay a lot. P.J. does more things than Jay. You can run more offense through P.J. And again, he has been unlocked by Eric Spolster. You know, it's not just the 22-year-olds that Eric Spolster seems to be getting the most out of. It's a guy in his mid-30s who some people thought couldn't give you a whole lot more. So I'm going to turn this over to Brady and Alex from this episode. We're going to start with the offense, and then we're going to talk after the break about the defense. Let's get into the offense here because, Brady, I think when he came, the thought was corner three-point shooter. He's really good at that. You don't really want to give him the ball in any kind of space. Not a great finisher. Certainly not going to be playmaking with him. Eric Spolstra saw something different. Yeah, he basically turned everything around. I do want to say, to start out with the numbers, the only thing that did stay similar is that this is actually a career year in his highest uh, percent of shots from the corner. I think he's at like the last time before this past game, he was at 91.4% of his shots were coming from the corner, which is the highest rank of his career. So he's not changing too much up from that degree. He's still getting a ton of shots up. And I think it's also because his shots have raised in general, just because of the role that's opened up, but just starters, he's shooting 47% from three. Like that's just incredible in itself. Like we're talking about a guy that's literally number one in the league in three point percentage. I just talked about uh, Cody Martin and him were like neck and neck for, for number one. And I, this past game put PJ over the mark where he's number one right now, which is just insane that he's able to do this on increased volume and just to be able to do it. And you're talking about even in the last game, you see him hit the top of the key three, like he's hitting all types of shots and he's getting into his offense in different ways. But the thing that Spolster is doing basically is, like I said, Jimmy Butler is a mid-post guy. Bam Adebayo is a mid-post guy. How were they going to emulate the things that they did when they went out? And the way they looked was P.J. Tucker. And I don't think really anybody expected that. We know what P.J. is at this stage of his career. And I didn't think they would be running offense through him on the strong side, uh, basically putting him on that wing three with his back to the basket and telling him, we're going to spam stuff on the weak side. We're going to do it a whole bunch of misdirection, off-ball screening, cutting, uh, handoffs, and everything is going to be through you when the ball's not in Kyle Lowry's hands. And I think that is just incredible to talk about. You just mentioned you're talking about a bunch of 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds that he Spolster was able to develop. But to change up a guy like that, a veteran on this team, be able to do that uh, is just insane. And I think the screening has been contagious because this has been a really good screening team, even though Mayer just stepped up probably out as one of his better screening games of the season against the Suns. Like uh, That's probably what Spolster admires the most when he talks about P.J. Tucker is just how he's one of the best screeners he's ever seen because I was looking at it. I, I went over a possession today on Twitter where it's – PJ basically leveled two guys on a fair legal screen and Max Drew's got a wide open three because of it on this handoff because PJ Tucker just basically eliminates guys uh, constantly. So it's all that combined. And then obviously something me and Alex talked about before the season when early in the season, when he kept going uh, in pregame warmups, he kept working on the floater where he kept just going and spamming that he put two feet on the floor, kind of rise up with two feet and go for that one hand floater. He was doing it nonstop, probably more than he was shooting the corner three. And then all of a sudden this season, we've seen him be a slip screen guy where they hit him in that valve of the offense and he goes up and hits that. And he's headed at a really high clip. I don't have the number on me, but it's been an insane number as well. So it's just seeing everything come together in a way where you see great players do, great offensive players do. And this is a guy that we talked about in the past or P. 
people have talked about in the past and put the label offensive limitations on him. It's just crazy to see where that has gone. Yeah, and Max Struess actually I, a couple of games ago, before Max, I think, went into the protocols, where he posted on Instagram a, a picture of PJ Tucker literally lying on the baseline. It's like, that's why I get most of my shots. Uh, Alex, I, when we talked about PJ, you liked the PJ acquisition. We talked about acreage. It was, it was more so again about rebounding, creating rebounds for others and the defensive end, which we're going to talk about in the second half of the episode. I, I don't know that any team in the league ever envisioned this. I mean, the most creative thing that, that was ever done with PJ Tucker was we don't have any bigs in Houston. So let's put him at the five. Uh, and he handled that from a defensive responsibility standpoint, but even then nothing was really counted on from him offensively. So what has stuck out to you the most about what Spolster has done here? I mean, it's actually hard to pick one and I know Brady just went over it a lot, but it's just honestly, as much as I liked and wanted PJ Tucker on this team since last season, since before the trade deadline, uh, like you said, it was mostly for the defensive stuff, the rebounding stuff, all the, you know, the, the non stat sheet stuff that, that we know that PJ has done, which he's obviously been great at, but you talk about him being a high IQ player and just a skilled player. It's, it's on both ends. Like he actually has these skills there and Spo knows it or else he wouldn't be empowering him in these positions. And I know all, a lot of it uh, obviously has had to do with, uh, man being out and that then uh, Dwayne Dedman being out so he kind of has to increase the load there and then they've had uh, multiple playmakers out so they need other guys to step up there and PJ's been that guy but they've done it in so many different ways where it's like this guy just knows how to play at all different positions of the floor he knows how to space the floor he knows how to get out of the guy's way he knows when to screen and roll and also the what, what uh, Brady mentioned with the slip screening is such a great release file for uh, when other teams try to switch on the heat because we know that They've struggled against that. And the, the, like Nikaias will always say, you know, the best way to beat a switch is with a slip. And uh, PJ Tucker is really good at that. That's how he gets into those little floaters. So he can get into it as a roller or slipping, right? So I just think uh, the fact that they're kind of using him as a screener at all points, he knows that he's always looking to get the other shooters open. I just think it's been a huge part of why this kind of shooting revolution has happened with the Heat, right? That even if some of it falls back a little bit when they bring Jimmy and Bam back, like that part of it is always going to exist, right? PJ is always going to create openings for guys, whether it's as a screener for somebody with the ball or as a handoff man, like for a shooter. Like, I just think they, they use him in all these different types of positions. And Spo, I just think, you know, he's really got it in his bag here with PJ. I, I didn't know he could do all of that with the ball in his hands. He's also a great passer. The guy is just an excellent high IQ two-way player. How does Bam's return change this? Brady, because I feel like some of this maybe Eric planned on doing and some of it was by necessity because he didn't have another big who could replicate any of the other any of the things that Bam does. I think, first of all, you can look at this game against the Suns where he changed PJ's role completely in a way that you wouldn't expect where we talked about the other day where Omer became the primary passer and playmaker. And they said, PJ, you'd be the dunker spot guy. And when they run these actions, you're going to be the screener instead of the handoff guy because he can do either one. And like I just said, and it was led to things like Strews getting a wide open three on an off ball screen. So I think the way it is, is that Bam is still going to get primary of the, the, the primarily all the looks on that side. I'm getting on the strong side insertion kind of playmaking in that way. PJ is going to probably be on the weak side somewhere, either in the corner or off ball screening. But the thing is, is that they found something here where they can stagger Bam and PJ like really well. And I don't think that's something we talked about before the season at all. We talked about they can stagger Kyle and Jimmy. They can st stagger Tyler with one of them. 
but we didn't talk about them staggering PJ with Bam. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that we've taken away from lineups that they can kind of go in that way. And I think that leads into some things with the rotation with big men, because I feel like they can survive no matter who the matchup is or most matchups with PJ at the five. We've seen that when they went on that little bit of a run mid season, they were winning games with Casey Paula and PJ Tucker in the front court. Like that was a viable option offensively, but it was also a good one defensively. So I think the way they're going to go about it is basically return all the way to the way it was when all of them are on the floor, when it's Bam and PJ next to each other, I think it'll be primarily Bam, but the biggest difference is going to be, there's not going to be, there's still going to be an identity when Bam's off the floor because now they have a guy to run stuff. Is there another place they can take this Alex? Cause uh, we didn't anticipate Spolster doing this, but is there, Something else now that you've seen in, in PJ's game that, again, when hopefully, we don't know for sure, but when you get Bam and Jimmy and maybe even all the deep. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, on the court, Hero, Duncan, uh, Struess, all of these players, that, that, they're, that there's still another place that maybe they can go to with P.J. When, when all these other guys are maybe taking up some of the responsibilities that he's been given. Well, I mean... I don't think there's really more places to go. I feel like Spo has kind of like gone through everything at this point, I think. And and it's a good thing because now we know that he can be used in all these different spots. And obviously, like the spacing is different. If you're talking about playing PJ with Jimmy and Bam, it's, it's going to be a different uh, formula than the Heat play. And I like what Coop was saying. Cooper Moorhead on Twitter was saying that like uh, what, what they've been doing without Jimmy and Bam, I tend to agree with this, is, is uh, a great regular season formula. But their their regular identity with the team healthy is more suited for a, a physical uh, playoff series where a lot of those shots that they're getting right now might not be available. A, a lot of uh, contesting, a lot of fouling going on. But uh, I just think in general, he is somebody like Brady was talking about staggering Bam and PJ. I think we knew that that could happen specifically for the defensive stuff. Like if you felt you had to downsize if Deadman was getting played off by somebody like as a counter, but I, to Brady's point, it's more about like, okay, PJ is going to actually replicate some of the BAM stuff on offense. And it's actually a really consistent thing. It's not just like a fluky, oh, you're going to have to do this while he's out type of thing. This guy is just skilled. He, he understands the game. He, he understands where guys are supposed to be and how to make reads. Like he's been around the game since he, he, he's been flying around the league since 2006. So, you know, he knows what's going on out there. And I really do think that even though he's only played 7% of, of his minutes uh, at the center, that is something that they can do still in the playoffs. Like he can really be used in a variety of ways on or off the ball on both ends of the floor. It's great. It's why also he's got uh, his best win shares per 48, according to basketball reference. He's got the highest, I think, true shooting percentage of his career, highest uh, estimated wins. Uh, I'm sorry, I was just looking at all of these right now. I mean, he is like at career highs and a, a bunch of these shooting percentages too. I just think like he's having kind of a career year with what he's doing and the variety of stuff he's doing out there. All right, we're going to talk about the defense now because I think that a lot was anticipated from him defensively, but he's been even more there maybe than we projected and uh, kind of irreplaceable. So I'm going to let Alex and Brady weigh in on that when we come back. But 
before we do, I want to tell you about a couple of our codes here, um, special sponsorship codes. One, Daily Fantasy. You want to be playing prizepicks.com. Use the code 5FIVE. Get your initial deposit match. So you put down $100. They will give you $100 to play with. You don't need to play with it all at once. You can play $20 to start if you want. And of course, you don't just have to play NBA. If you want to play NHL or any of the other sports that are going, you certainly can do that also. So go to prizepicks.com. Use the code 5. It is legal in the state of Florida. FIVE, some other things are not legal. That is legal. Okay, so go to prizepicks.com, use the code five. And then our, our promo code for products is 5RSN. You can use that for your grooming products at manscaped.com, get 20% off for your CBD at therapistpreferred.com. That's premium CBD, whether it's the tincture, the sports cream, or the gummies. And also a new product uh, that we're promoting here called Salis. It's S A L S A L I S. If you're an endurance runner, you do any kind of endurance activities, this is for you because it helps replace your electrolytes and you get 10% off using code 5RSN. That's 10% off using the code 5RSN at S-A-L-I-S. Actually, it's GetSalis. That's the website, GetSalis.com, G-E-T-S-A-L-I-S.com. So check it out. Go to the website. Use our codes 5RSN at those three sites. All right, let's get to the defense. I mentioned the Houston experience. I'll start with Alex on this first. Uh, the Houston experience was basically you're going to be our center. Like we don't have anybody else. Okay. We're training Clint Capella. You're six foot five tall and about six foot five wide. And we're going to get you to basically try to box guys out of the paint and compete. And he did that um, after being, you know, playing the three a lot earlier in his career, he ended up playing the five. Uh, but with this team, it feels like there's even, there's more being asked of him in different ways so let's get into what it's looked like without Bam and then again, what it would look like with Bam. So, I mean, look, I just think it doesn't even really matter at this point because, again, to talk about PJ's versatility now on the defensive end, he can be used in whatever they want to do. And, and we know that Spo is one to go into his bag when it comes to uh, reaching into defensive coverages. And we've already seen it this season. We've seen it a lot over the past couple of seasons. They're going to be like he's just perfect for what Spo is trying to do, where whether you're talking about one-on-one -on -one defense, off-ball defense, uh, helping, zoning, switching, dropping, he can do all of it, right? And and I think that's why Spo loves him so much. It's obviously one of the reasons why he's somebody who is always going to get into other guys' bodies, again, off on or off-ball. Like he's always going to use that acreage, that physicality of his, and he's going to make guys feel him. And, and part of the game is whether you're talking about him guarding um, – one of the best players in the league or not is wearing the guys he's guarding down and just over the course of a game that is not somebody you want to face because you know he's making he like you're going to feel him every time every moment that you're out there versus him he, he's going to get up into you and I just think like uh that's something that they've been missing over the past couple of seasons so much I know we talked about it a lot already uh this season when it comes to PJ I just think that um when Bam is back it's going to be less stuff that PJ has to do, not only offensively, but defensively. So it's kind of good for him, I think, because he's been do, he's been asked to do so much already. And I think because of his age and, and all the time that he's spent around basketball already, you want to kind of wind down a little bit before getting into that stretch in the playoffs where he, you got to go uh, uh, 410% again, and, and he's going to be asked to do a lot of those things again. I just think whether uh, as a four or as a five, even though he's really been a four for the most part of the season, uh, you could put him in in the in the high post. You could put him in the corner as a three, but he's going to be a release foul for all these other guys that the defenses are worried about. That's why he keeps getting all these easy shots. And Spo has just kind of made it simple. He's just keeping it simple out there for PJ on both ends of the floor right now. I think. 
Brady? Yeah, I think one of the first things, Ethan, that we mentioned when we walked into that scrimmage before the season, one of the first things that stood out was how loud P.J. Tucker was, just in general, especially in the defensive end. Like, it was a scrimmage before the season, but he would not stop talking on that end of the floor, and I think that's something that has really stood out to me. Like, if you watch him on defense off the ball, as Alex, you were just mentioning, he's constantly waving guys around and telling them where to go, or he'll grab you and push you where you need to be. Like, that's what they miss, because Bam is such a talented defender, but the one thing everybody talks about is they need him to be more vocal, and, and UD has talked about that. P.J. basically takes over that completely, that they don't need that, but I think you talked about him kind of slowing down the better players in the league. And I was looking at some numbers. Devin Booker, he held a one of five shooting the other night. Giannis went three of nine when he was defending him. Middleton went one of eight. Vucevic, one of eight. Uh, smaller sample size. Shai Gogas Alexander was one of four. DeMontis Sabonis, 0 of three. Towns, one of four. Tatum, 0 of three. You get to just, like, it's just every player that they put him on in that way, that he basically slows him down. Uh, and something we talked about in the last pod was something Spolster did against Utah in this early in the season, where he can flip a game just by changing the defensive matchup of PJ Tucker, where I said he, he put it on, put PJ on Gobert. So then they could get the switch and put him on Donovan because they just wanted PJ off of Donovan completely because he was just totally in his way. Uh, so they Great. did that. And that was a, a big reason they ended up winning that game against Utah. And that's He's a special 36. thing. Yeah, <laughs> but That's it's also great. a PJ thing because you're able to just put a guy like that and switch a game and turn a game around with a 36 year old defensive guy. Uh, it's just crazy. And I think the biggest thing when looking bigger picture, you brought up Ariza last time when you're looking last year, he was guarding the opposing team's point guards where we were saying, oh, he can plug point of attack because he can guard down in a lot of ways. PJ can guard down and guard a point guard. But the biggest thing is he can guard a Vucevic and hold him the one of eight shooting like he can slow down bigs as well. And that's what makes it so versatile. Like we talked about this being the ultimate Spolstra guy. And I know Pat Riley talked a ton about him before the season, but like this is legitimately a Spolstra guy where he can put him on anywhere defensively. As we talked about before, he can go anywhere offensively, but just seeing him be able to put in so many different positions and actually play it at a high level. Like we can talk about putting a five next to Bam and moving Bam to the four. We can talk about trading for a four for a long term, but like, P.J. Tucker is as safe in the starting lineup as any of the other three guys that are in there. Like, there's no way. I really feel like he's probably one of the most important players on the team, even counting the other guys. Yeah, he's also safe in the closing lineup. That, that's the thing. He's safe in both lineups. Uh, and, and you know, again, the only other guys that you can say that about are Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle when they're healthy. I don't. You can't say that about Tyler. He doesn't start. Uh, and I'm not sure he's totally safe in the closing lineup. We know Duncan is not safe in the closing lineup, and at this point, he's not safe in the starting lineup. This, those are the four guys. He is one of the core four at this point. He is on the, the, the Jimmy Kyle uh, timeline here. But the thing you said, Brady, uh, that, that I, I think we should close with, you called him the ultimate Spolster player. He's also the ultimate Riley player. It's like they found the one guy that they can completely agree upon, right? Like that's because he, he's the Riley guy from a mentality standpoint. He's old school in so many different ways. Pat loves him. We've talked about it. Loves the defense. Rebounding. I love you. He helps other guys rebound. He sacrifices. But then also Eric has, I don't think that Pat envisioned Eric using him as this chess piece uh, on offense in particular, maybe on defense, but not on offense. He is Move him around player. wherever. Yeah, he's the blend of the two. I mean, he, he's really the blend. He's the ultimate compromise between the two of them in terms of stylistically. Like, and, and I just, I, 
Look, I, and, and we'll just, we'll close here. And again, we appreciate our sponsors. Of course, Eric Rubenstein, reach out 954-829-ERIC. Tense Nutrition, check them out in Coral Springs. Mentioned five reasons for 20% off. And of course, use our code 5RSN at Manscaped, Therapist Preferred, and GetSalus.com and use the uh, five at Prize Picks. But I'll just close here. I mean, we talk about him not being, well, you got to find a long-term four, right? Like you're always looking for better. This organization is always looking for better. Maybe Bam ultimately is a four. I don't think so. I think he's a five in the modern game. Okay. But like, do we envision this? I mean, could, could PJ, I mean, Udonis is still on the team at 41. I mean, could we envision a scenario where PJ Tucker outlasts this contract? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. I could definitely see him re-upping for like, a, I don't know, another two seasons or something on a lower number, maybe three. I mean, it doesn't mean that he has to be in this role right. the whole time where he's going to be, you know, high usage, high, low, like uh, 30 minutes a game. The minutes will go down as he ages, but I could definitely see him like spending more time with the Heat. They seem like they should have been like it should have been a match that should have happened earlier. I remember. I remember, by the way, I'm just going to close here. People wanted Bobby Portis, man. I'm so glad they made the right choice. Like well, I, I, let, let's call him out. Let's call him out, Mr. Barai. If you're making it to the end of this podcast, oh, not only right. did you not only did you want Bobby Portis, Mr. Adam Barai, not Adam or whatever it is you are on Twitter these days, uh, but you also mocked me for saying that that PJ Tucker would be worth the first round pick. I don't care that they didn't have to give it up for him. Worth the, the reality first. is for this team. He's worth a first round pick. What he's doing for the Miami Heat is worth a first round pick, especially with the way that they don't value the late first round picks. So Alex and I were right. Adam was wrong. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.